up, everybody? We want to welcome you back to the show. It is Dre and I, and we are in the lab mixing it up for yet another episode of the Dre and Davis Show. Dre, what is up, man? What's up, Herd? How's everybody doing out there at Davis, man? You gotta, you never believe this. Oh, man, I can't wait. Never believe this, man. Here we so, go. So, so remember back in the day, man, during Christmas season or holiday season, drive around the neighborhood and you look at lights, you know, just from the comfort of your car? I've heard people do that. We yeah. never did, but yeah. Yeah, they, they you know they charge people for that now. Are you kidding? They charge people, and I was the one who who actually bought it. Okay, you got to tell us this story real so, quick. So, so I, I went to I went to a little phenomenon called uh, Christmas in Color, and um, so what they basically did they turned uh, the parking lot of Waterworld up in Thornton uh, into a Christmas lights display, right? Yeah, okay. All you right. know, so you know, through the kids in the car and laws, you know, my wife, you know, and I, I'm driving, you know, and. 35 bucks a car. Whoa. Yeah, 35 bucks a car, man, to go watch watch Christmas lights, man. And and uh, I'm not gonna lie, man, I wasn't I wasn't very impressed, man. Nor were my kids. Because the lights were not it, it wasn't it wasn't popping, man. I was just kind of disappointed, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. But I'm disappointed more in myself, man. I let I let I let myself down. My ancestors are laughing at me right I'm, now. I'm guessing, and obviously you have $35 that you don't know how to spend. So I'm here to help you. If you want to just share that next $35 with me. I might do that, man. You know, I was actually thinking about a business venture, man. I think I might charge <laughs> five bucks a car, man. They just come check my lights out, man. I think I can I think I can come up in that, man. But yeah, I, I pay for it, man. Hook, line, sinker. But my baby, my son, my youngest, he he dug it. You know, he's uh, he's two years old uh, next month in January. He he dug it, man. But, okay, uh, maybe that's the intended audience then. I, I, I guess so, man. But as I was looking around in, in other cars, you know, I saw a lot of older children who oh. also weren't as as happy. But uh, nonetheless, it was a good item. Outing, <clears throat> excuse me, outing. Um, you know, drove an hour. Ouch! Ouch! Drove another thirty minutes. You know, okay. around the parking lot, and drove an hour back home, and started snowing on the way back to the crib, man. So uh, that's what happened last weekend with me, man. Okay, but enough about me. Okay. How about you? Well, you yes. know. What did, what, did, what did your weekend consist of other than nothing? <laughs> <laughs> that's what the world wants to know, Davis. You know, people keep asking me, are you saying nothing because you don't want to tell us what you really do or is it nothing? And for the most part, I'm thinking it's nothing. I will tell you that as close as I got to what you did, was when I decided to take a trip up to see the the national Christmas tree. Remember it was in Colorado? Wow, hold on. So time out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, world. Yeah. Davis did something this weekend. Yeah. That was, that was a couple weekends ago. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I got to be able to say I did something, period, right? And so I, I, I took the drive. It happened. That works. So, so when you got to the national Christmas tree, man, what, what was your... How was it? It was much like your experience, man. I think I, I need I need my gas money back. And the only person I have to blame is myself. Mm -hmm. They gave they gave you a marker, but you couldn't write on anything, right? You you know the tree was all boxed up and ready to go to to DC. Boxed up. It, it was in a big box, man. You can't, was, you can't put a box on nature, man. That, that's what I'm saying. You can't put a box on nature. So yeah, it came from Colorado. I saw it while I was in Colorado, and there you go. You know, but I'm proud of you, man. On behalf of the rest of the listening community, man, I just want to give a ovation to Great. Davis. Davis, he did something this weekend. It's the last one almost of, of 2020. That's growth and improvement, man. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm proud right. of you. Start start small. You, start small. By this time next year, mm -hmm. man, I'll, I'll be going to the movies by myself. I'm, so I'm proud know, of you, man. man. It's crazy. I'm proud of you. Well, if you go by yourself, we'll talk about you, that, too. You, but no, no judgment come here, Come on, man. man. All right, listeners, <laughs> you're listening to The Dre and Davis Show. We're talking all things Smoky Hill. And at this point, we got to let you know what's going on around campus. What's, what's going on, oh, man? man? Well, first off, before we get into it, man, we got we to gotta send some shout-outs to some special people, man. Yeah, we do. Absolutely, we really man. Do. So first and foremost, Faith Baca got accepted into Stanford University. The man. Stanford the University. The Stanford, that one, wow. man, out in California, man. So congratulations to Faith. That's a significantly huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Wow. Absolutely, Absolutely love man. hearing that news. Again, Absolutely. goal set, goal achieved, right? Yeah, man. And another shout out to one of our um, guests who were on the show, uh, Gia. Oh, Gia Lynn. Coach yeah. Gia Lynn, man. So Gia Lynn and his League of Legends staff or League of Legends um, students uh, qualified for the state playoffs. And they're in the final four 
as we are recording this episode. Seriously. So, I mean, for the first year jumping into it, um, the first team we've had at Smokey Hill High School, you know, just want to give a shout out to Gia and the esports team, guys. Yeah. Good luck. Bring home the chip. Yeah, man, I, that you know, it, it says a lot again because we're remote, right? All these things happening with with kids in in this remote uh, environment. So absolutely awesome, and congratulations to Gia and, and the squad. Absolutely. What else is going on around campus, Davis? Man, it's we, we got to give another shout out. We got to give a shout out to to Miss Carrie Faust and that yearbook staff. Yeah, we mentioned them in in a previous episode, but we definitely want to make sure that that we continue to. To, to let people know what's going on uh, here at Smokey. They've been honored by the Columbia Press Association as the 2021 Crowd Award winner. Wow. Crowd Award winner. They'll be honored in New York City in March. Uh, you know, that, there, there's nothing bigger than that, right? When you've got something and your something is the jam. Absolutely. Right? Put it back, put it in the trophy case. Yeah, those, those kids are working. Uh, Faust is working. Uh, and, and, you know, great work, obviously, you're going to get some some great recognition. Congratulations. So, yeah, mad props. And you know what? It is it's December, man. Yeah, it's, man. It is the season, right? 2020 is almost over. Are you sad? Uh, no. Okay. I'm actually not, man. And and <laughs> if you are sad to see this year go, um, please give me a call. Um, <laughs> dialing you up right now. I, I just would like to see 303. Why? <laughs> now, it's been it's been an interesting year though, man. But nonetheless, tis the season. Uh, less than less than two weeks away from going to 2021. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, you know, I don't know how many documentaries or uh, books are going to be written about this year, dude. I'm telling <laughs> you, you know what? I mean, in our lifetimes, right? Everything has happened over a number of years, mm-hmm. and I think for some of these younger folks, everything that happened in our life happened in their life in one year. Absolutely, right? This has been like five years in one. Yeah, sincerely, or ten, maybe, man. I'm just saying, man, we experienced just about everything. But, you know, it is December, so we also want to we want to transition out of the year on a good note. So we got to celebrate some of our staff birthdays. How about that? Uh-oh, we got some birthdays. We do have some birthdays. And I'm looking at the list, and there are just over a handful of, of staff members who are celebrating a birthday. Who we got? Uh, we've got uh, Coppinger, Steele, Kiker, Whitfield, Taylor, Clemen, Bowker, and Fisher mm-hmm. all celebrating birthdays in in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Right? So happy birthday uh, to all of you. But he left off one in particular important person man, though, uh, on who, who who was born on the 27th of this glorious, glorious month. I appreciate month. that, man. I'd like to send a special happy birthday to, to Brother Rashawn Davis. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. Turn um, turn the big three zero, right? Yep. Big three zero. Three zero. Three zero plus it, it, plus twenty. Nonetheless, though, happy birthday, brother Dex. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's the season, man. But you know what? We're always on break, so it, it's cool to to get a shout out. Uh, I'm gonna be low key during break, trying to get to what looks like a, a great sunrise on 2021. That'll work. Hey, um, and we can we can celebrate your December birthday in like March too. Let's 2021. do it. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It might be safe. Mask free <laughs> at a hip hop concert at Red Rocks. How yeah, about that? I'm with it, man. Then, right. we can, then we can get on the show and you actually like did something, man. That would be. That'd be just a gift within itself. And man, we so. are moving on. So <laughs> again, for all those staff members here uh, at Smokey, we're celebrating birthdays in in December and early January. Before we do come back for our our next live broadcast in in January, we want to wish you a very happy birthday. And to all our staff, man, ooh, this is it, man. This is it. We made it. It's yep. the end of the semester, mm-hmm. and we are going on break. So we want to also give a shout out to the entire Smoky Hill staff mm-hmm. and community kids included for your hard work and getting to this point. Yeah, speaking of students, those students who are listening, if you, you're burning that oil at the midnight hour right now, trying to get those grades up, trying to get those last assignments turned in, keep burning that oil. It's worth it. It pays off and you need it to graduate. So go ahead and get that work in, get those grades, and we'll see you walk across that stage. Yeah, it's important, man. It is important for so many reasons. But you'll hear that in some of our future episodes next semester. Right now, we want to transition to first period because we have a guest. Somebody came to join us. Yes, Uh-oh. it's always nice to look across the room and see someone sitting in the guest chair. Yep. And this week, we've got a guest. Yeah, man. 
Are you ready? Loud and full effect. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Welcome to the show. We want to introduce all of our listeners to today's guest. And I'm going to chop it up because I always chop up your name. (laughs) But you're going to correct me where I'm wrong, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes, So I, I I just say, hey, what's up, Alejandra? And you would say... That's part of my name, but my whole name is... It's not that long, but it's Alejandra Quesada Meraz. Dre, you can say that. Go ahead. Alejandra Quesada Meraz. That's pretty good. There you go. There you go. Thank you for being here with us, Alejandra. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, So, Alejandra, just, you know... I watch you do your thing every single day within our, our building. Our kids do as well. Uh, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Who Who is Alejandra? Okay. I was born and raised in Mexico. Chihuahua is the state. It's right at the edge of El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. Came here in 2003 with my family and kind of made the transition, you know, the chasing the American dream. Okay. For those who don't know... Uh, that's who you are. Can you tell us what you do here at Smokey? Mm -hmm. Yes, I am a security specialist. I'm one of seven in our department. And yes, we do focus on the security aspect, but we do more so the mentoring and trying to build relationships with staff and students as well. Absolutely. Great to hear that. Like I said, I see you do that every day on on a very consistent basis and, and excellently also too. I know our kids gravitate you. towards you. Um, you have a great way with students approaching them from a, a very caring and concerning aspect as opposed to just a direct, hey, do what I say, I don't care about you type of perspective. So our kids definitely appreciate you as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do, right? Yeah. But, yes. but away from work, right? So, you know, for instance, like next week and, you know, going into break, what, what interests you know, or what hobbies or what things you do away from work that, that kind of keep you going? Yeah. Quarantine style, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Um, I've been getting into baking a lot, maybe because it's the season. Mm. I've been trying to do a few things like cookies. I'm trying to do more so like Mexican desserts, flan, mm. uh, tres leches cake. Mm. Yes. So I've been doing that, and I think I'm going to continue to try some new recipes here and there. Gotcha. So what are you, if, if there's one dessert that you would call, you know, your best baked dessert or best made dessert, what would it be? It's really not Mexican, but I do a really good banana bread mm. with um, macadamia nuts. Mm. nuts. Okay, so you, look, you said you're trying. Right? Yes. Does, does that mean that the kitchen's on fire most of the time? <laughs> no. What's going on? No, no, no. I just, I've never been into baking, but you know, you can't mess it up too much. So I've been trying to There's a long pause <laughs> while we all thought, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot you can mess up, man. So that'll work, man. So, so banana, chocolate, chocolate. Macadamia. Macadamia. Bread. 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 Are you, are you bringing any of that in? We're here tomorrow. Man, no, 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 not tomorrow. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm more involved in that. I'm, right? I'm, on a, I'm not on a diet. I'm on a try it. So I on see food, diet. I try it. So bring it on, bring it man, on down. Absolutely. Like so talk that. about that. Where did you get into that? I mean, was it something that your family is into or just something you saw on TV or what happened? Um, well, no one in my family bakes immediate family and I always like you know like a little treat here and there with some coffee so Mm. you know I started doing it in my house so having everybody try a little bit of my experiment. Okay what else are you doing for fun? Um, I also love food you guys know that. No, yeah. we have no idea. No, no food at all. <laughs> I love trying things. Uh, the last week, me and my boyfriend tried sushi burritos. Mm, fusion food. Okay. Yeah. Sushi burrito. You, Talk about that one. Yeah, that Lee, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, we went downtown <laughs> and we tried. We didn't know what to expect, but all it is is a sushi roll just in a big proportion and they call it a sushi burrito oh so it's not an actual burrito no it's not an actual we thought we thought it was like a tortilla sushi type of thing kind of let down sushi sushi burrito smothered that'll work man so food obviously um anything else that you know that you're doing for fun especially not even outside of just quarantine and covid times what were you doing 
you know, before COVID, you know? Um, I like to volunteer a lot, help out and stay, you know, current with the Hispanic family. So I volunteer at church a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like it just because I can kind of see all types of ages and groups and I can kind of stay, you know, consistent with all that. Okay, that's cool. So, you know, we had you uh, on one of our other broadcasts. We talked a whole lot about um, your upbringing. Uh, I, I would love for you in in uh, this episode to really talk to us about your upbringing. You are not from the United States. Correct. So tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, coming here was kind of difficult to, you know, adapt to the culture and kind of jump in into things and kind of figure out who I was and how I wanted to represent myself as a female Mexican young or kid at the time when I first came to the United States. And how old were you when, you when you first came? I first came when I was nine and I left for a year and then came back at 11 and then stayed ever since. Okay. Nine is four, fourth grade? Yes, correct. Yeah. Fourth grade. Okay. Were you what uh, what school district were you were you in? Cherry Creek. Okay. I graduated from Cherry Creek. Okay, oh, alumni. Not against alumni. you. Okay. <laughs> Cherry Creek School. No, district. no, no. Cherry Creek School yeah. District, but I went to Overland High School. Right, shout out to Overland. Okay, so yeah. fourth grade. Where were you? Highline, Highline Elementary School. Oh, you smile when you say that. Tell us the story. Um, I mean, it was just so exciting to come and have the opportunity to be like in a nice building in a nice school. So, um, it was nice to get fed every day. It was, it was, I don't know, life-changing in a way, you know, I had a good teacher that took care of me and took me under her wing and kind of would stay after school with me and teach me and help me with my English to improve and kind of get in everybody's level. Okay, so it sounds like, again, you had a, a, a great experience, a transformative experience at Highline. Are there any teachers that you would like to recognize right now on, on WAX? Of, yes. Uh, helping you get to where you are? Yes, Miss Lucero. She was, uh, you know, your normal fourth grade teacher, and now she's actually an ELA coordinator in the district. All right, shout out to Miss Lucero. Yeah, shout out. That's Absolutely. huge. Absolutely. Yes. And so from elementary school, you then go into middle school, and what middle school did you go to? I went to Prairie Middle School. Big P. Okay, talk about your experience there a little bit. Prairie was a little hard just because I had left to Mexico and came back, so then it was kind of like, I was getting used to everything here in the United States and the school system at Cherry Creek, only to go back and kind of get that struggle all over again, only to come back. And I had lost some of my English that I had worked on so hard my fourth grade year. Okay. Yes. So you talk about there may be a, so there's a difference between the American school system and the, and the Mexican school system. Yes, it's it's much more stricter in Mexico um, with the academic side, and you don't have like a final exam per semester. You would have it like per month, but it was also really hard in the sense of, you know, we didn't get fed in Mexico. You would either pack a lunch or sometimes you would just wait to eat at home, and just kind of really knowing. You got it. You got it. Okay. Um, Thank you. I'm trying to think so I can describe this better, but uh, kind of getting used to coming back to the United States and how things were done and how things were a little different and let alone, I mean, English, I did not speak it so well coming. Right. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What, su what supports or what, um, I guess, what supports would you kind of look back at and kind of say, you know what, this really helped me acquire English a lot better in, in our Cherry Creek School District system. Uh, I did have a ELA teacher that would kind of take us under the wing in a sense of he would make my mom volunteer just so she could understand more of the United States or Cherry Creek system and how it works since it's completely different than, you know, Mexico. And he would do small things that would just come a long way, would translate certain things or would stay after school with us. I remember I struggled with math too. So 
he would do this thing once a month where he would have all of his ELA students come in and we would just sit down on a Saturday morning. We would all bring snacks and we would kind of just, you know, work through problems as simple as that. And so he really took all of us under his wing and just kind of helped not just the students, but the parents understand the system. Yeah, absolutely. What would you bring over from the Mexican school system into the American school system that you think would best benefit Latino or Latinx students? What's something that might be missing from your perspective? Sometimes I would like to think, um, maybe have more translations or try to pair them up with someone that they can go to that has either a higher level of education, but has that same language. So it could be better explained. Sometimes it could just be a barrier between the languages. Okay. So that, that that's heavy. Uh, you know, I, I, I really, oh man, I, I have no sense of understanding of your story because of my own upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for example, when you talk about, you know, school lunch, I mean, growing up, you know, most American kids have to grow up with some hate for school lunch, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I hate school lunch, right? Um, but you talk about it in a totally different way. Yeah. I mean, it was everything, like just getting a hot lunch every day. It was so new to me, like hot chocolate, not hot chocolate, but milk chocolate. It was, it was everything at the time, and it really did help my parents, and it was just new to us. So we were grateful to get fed, not mm -hmm. just lunch, but breakfast in school yeah but okay so the whole story though i mean your parents didn't come from mexico having done nothing they were career folks in mexico right correct Talk yes a little bit about that yeah. um both of my parents worked in a hospital same hospital my mom was an office manager and my dad was the head of maintenance so it wasn't hard work I, I guess you would say, compared to what they're doing now, my dad works construction and he's around 56 yeah. and my mom cleans houses. So it's hard, but honest work they can do and the language isn't a barrier mm -hmm. for them to do. Which that, that in itself says a whole lot. So your parents, uh, do they speak uh, English? As a, as a second language now? Are they proficient, if, as we use the term, with, with the English language? I would say my mom, yes. I would say my dad needs a lot of work still just right. because as soon as we came in the United States, it must have been maybe three days and he was working in construction. And as maybe you guys know, construction is mostly Hispanic, Mexican, whatever you want to call it. Um, dominated workforce area. So then he never really had the opportunity to practice. He did sign up for some English classes when we first came, but let's be honest, it's hard to like really practice your English if you're not doing it constantly. So then you can't be proficient in it. So my dad will understand what you're saying and he will be able to respond, but it's very like thick accent and he just, never fully did. Mm. Not that he mm. doesn't want to, it's just at work, it's mostly Spanish speaking mm. people. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to what you said about where you're from, the country of um, Chihuahua. Oh, sorry, the, the state of Chihuahua, state, excuse yes. me. And then your, your town was named? Cuauhtémoc. So Cuauhtémoc, that's there wrong? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Love it, so, love so it. Relative, relative to where you're from, right? Say if Davis and I were to venture down there. Right? Yeah. What must we do in the state of Chihuahua, but more so where you're from? What, what must we indulge in relative to culture? Man, our hometown is big on apple farms. Okay. And we actually have some people, we have a big community and it's surprising a lot of people when I tell them German. So then they always bring like the milk products, the cheese products. Mm -hmm. So that's huge over there and okay. it's very fresh. And even when my family goes to Mexico or family comes here to the United States, like a block of cheese from there is like one of the greatest things we get. A really? block of cheese. Yeah. Yeah, here <laughs> yeah. It's a gift. Memory lane. Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so there is a large German influence in yes. a German culture 
just within the state of Chihuahua or just your hometown? My hometown. Okay. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we also have, other than just Mexicans, we do have a community of indigenous people. Okay. And they have like their whole outfits. I have pictures of, you know, wearing that and dressing up as that, but we do have a big community. Okay. So talk to us, if you would, about what that transition, you know, you mentioned that, that your parents come here and, and you know, Pops, for sure, um, the language is, is, is tough. Yes. What about you? You have siblings, right? Yes, I do. Um, I have two brothers and I'm the middle child okay. and the only girl. And so how does that, you know, picking up the language, how does that, how does that, I, I can't imagine that being at that age and having to go to another country and pick up or, or getting to go to another country mm -hmm. and, and picking up an entirely new language? Well, I think it was really hard for me more so than my brothers, like letting go of who I was, being an ELA, mostly minority um, people. Um, it was hard because I would just hang out with a lot of Spanish speaking students. So then it was just hard to kind of let go in a way of who I was in order to kind of learn English. And once I started kind of picking it up, it was me just breaking away from who I hung out with and was to try to get involved more with school and things I liked, clubs, activities, you know, to try to start really picking up my English. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. What was something, so coming over to, to the States as a kid, what was something about America or just American culture that kind of just fascinated you or blew your mind, you know what I mean? Um, I would say my parents tried really hard to have us meeting new things or doing things like they would, yeah, work really hard, but they would always try to do something where we kind of more so bonded as a family and we would do little trips, we would go to the aquarium or we would try to just see something or go to a nice park, kind of, you know, get to know what Colorado was about. Okay, it'll work. Well, for our listeners, we want you to know that we are, we are in the lab again, producing for yet another episode of the Dre and Davis show. We are lucky enough to have a very special guest with us today, Alejandra Quesada Moraz. Did there I say is. that right? There it is. Quesada. 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 There you go. There you All go. All right. I'm, I'm working on it. You know I'll get better. You got it better, yes. And, and we're happy to have you here and joining us. We've got to take a quick break where we go into our lunchtime. Okay. Stomach growling. You want to join us for lunch? I would love to. All right. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. Alejandra's favorite class, man. So, man, relative to grub, though. So, I'm from Texas, and, and that's no secret to our listeners. You know, there's a big thing down in, in Texas called Tex-Mex, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Where, where it's kind of more of a Mexican concept, but they Americanized you know, Mexican food, man. Is that like Taco Bell, you mean? Or? I don't even think it's that. Man. I think <laughs> it's like, it's like bar bar barbecue, barbecue brisket enchiladas. You know, oh, like that okay. kind of, okay. that kind right. of thing, right. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, fried chicken nachos. Oh, okay. Stuff like that, man. Yes. So Alejandra in, in the house, you know, and, and her bringing in some of that flavor, right? Alejandra, help, help us understand, help me understand personally, authentic, real Mexican food versus what we might be eating at, you know, Trace Margaritas or... No, that's real. Is Trace Margaritas real? I don't know. I don't okay, know. Well, I, I've out. never been. So <laughs> probably not. Okay. Okay. But, but right. Tell us a little bit about that, Alejandra. I feel like it's more, you know, people try to experiment. So then it it is flavorful, but it's not authentic or it's not spicy. It's mm. not it's not made with love, in my opinion. Mm. So you does know, your, does your mom does your mom throw down a little bit? Oh yes. Yeah. It's, so so we walk into the Casada house. Yes. And mom just threw down. Okay. Right? What's what's on the table? Man. Perfect example. Yesterday she made pork with green chili mm. and then she fried the tortilla. So then it was like crunchy tacos. Mm. Oh man, her mm. mouth is watering right now. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah. Of course, she makes her homemade salsa with, uh, you know, like she cooks the chili. 
and adds a little olive oil so then it can be a little you know smooth mm. oh man so got my eyes, i got my eyes closed oh. right now listeners i'm just kind of you know you come in the house your eyes are burning because she's cooking the chile you know your yeah. throat starting to like uh. <laughs> dry up but uh. yeah my house is always homemade meals mm -hmm. every day mostly every day every day except sunday that's for rest day hey mm -hmm. hey everybody take a day how off, many right? how many invites have you gotten zero yeah we're gonna talk about that yeah we are we've gone over chagos that's yes. yeah. Yeah. we do yep. say that's our spot and, and shout out to chagos again oh, yeah. yes. you know what i'm saying would you consider chagos to be authentic Mexican food? Yes. It's very homemade. They don't have anything ready. Usually when you call ahead, it's your answer is, okay, 15 to 20 minutes. And even if you call early in the morning, it's different things and everything's just so fresh. Mm -hmm. So I would I would approve it. Absolutely. Okay. Before right. our listeners, right. we, we did Ichago's today. Yeah, we did. We still love going there. And, mm -hmm. and shout out, man. This, 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 that's a jam. You can never be disappointed. I think they have something on the holiday mm -hmm. recipe, which is whatever's on the recipe, right? That's exactly. That's a food question, too. So, so tamales. Yes. Right? Yes. So is, are tamales a traditional Mexican staple during holiday season? Oh, yes, okay. for sure. That's like you're going, like that's a must for Christmas. It's a must for is it this January 6th, I believe? There's a tradition where you have this Mexican bread and it's kind of decorated like a, a Christmas, um, what, what would you call it? A wreath. Wreath, yeah, yes. I think I've seen it. Yeah, uh -huh. I've seen it. Yeah, okay. And you do not. No, it's not fruit cake. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Not How are you hey. going to do me like that? Oh, my bad, man. Come my bad. On. Wrong countries. Buddhist man. No. Buddhist man. Gosh, no. And they cut it up. And if you get the baby inside. I have heard of that. Yeah. You got to make the tamales for tamales. January. Yeah. yeah. I have heard of it. What's the, name, what's the name of the bread? What's the? It's Rosca de Ros Reyes. Rosca? Reyes. Reyes. Rosca. Rosca. De. De. Reyes. Reyes. There you go. Nice. There you go. Nice. There you go. Ray. Nice cool. job, man. That'll work. That'll work, man. Okay, look, I'm changing the subject because I got some stuff I just got to get off <laughs> my chest, man. And we're we talking chest, food. It's just too much, right? Because it's not even close to time for another meal. <laughs> but I do want, hey, come on, man. Breakdancing is in the Olympics. No way. Finally. Break it. I mean, what took you so it's long? It's just been on my mind. It took, it took two millennia. Breaking. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Hey, man. It, hey, for those of you listeners, listen, man. We got to dive into some to some retro oh, vintage movie classics for y'all real quick. This might go over some of y'all's head, but we're trying to put y'all on game. If you have not seen the following movies. That's what I'm saying. Please, please subscribe. Here Number one. Number one. I'm going to go ahead and eat you with Crush Groove. Yes. Okay. If you don't know yes. what Crush Grooving is and you are walking this planet right now, Shame on you. Okay, you need to go watch Crush Drew to understand what real hip hop is yes. and where what you do and what you wear and how you That's dance right now. Yes. Yeah, where it started from. Some old school names in there that that really helped define hip hop. Now, did it age well? No, uh, not like however. not like some of the other ones <laughs> on your list. I know they're on your list. You know what I'm saying? So Crush Drew. Beach Street. Yes. Okay. Beach Street. You gotta go check out Beach Street. <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't understand b-boy culture, or you just need a b-boy culture 101, you start at Beach Street. Okay? That, that everything I know about the East Coast in New York City, <laughs> right? As a Likewise. kid, boom, right there. I don't know how much of that is true. If, if you're one of our listeners and you're from New York or you have family back there. That's what I think. That's and I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm in the same boat. But country kid growing up in Houston, Texas. Watching Beach Street, I was like, "Yep, that's that's New York City, right?" Most definitely. But some of the best dance moves I've seen can't, man, can't beat it. Can't beat it, man. Then of course, because that's East Coast. So then you had to jump over to the West Coast, right? So what you got? Breaking, breaking, breaking. Part one, part two, both. Nah, you know, I'm gonna go. They were both, you know, number twos are always cash grabs mm -hmm. to me, right? Number one was 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 monumental. One was the jam. Sincerely, was was it was it two or one with the broom with Boogaloo Shrimp? That, that was two. That was part two. Yeah, yeah. All right, like yeah. no no kidding. Yeah. Um, we we broke many a brooms. Yes. Trying to reenact the broom scene. Yeah. From Boogaloo Shrimp outside of the store that he worked at. Man. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, and and you don't believe in optical illusions, 
Google it. Now, that's YouTube what I'm saying. it. So all Check you need out. to know is that is that break dancing or breaking as we call it in in my neighborhood. Mine as well. Right mm-hmm. is is an Olympic sport. Yes. Started in the mean streets of America, mm-hmm. but now has an international audience and a medal round. Hey, seriously, I'm, I'm just saying we got to dust off the Adidas and the, and the and the Kanglos. Man. I think, I think <laughs> we might saying, we, we, we get us a big cardboard yes. box, unfold it. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's all just make I, it happen. Man. All I want for Christmas is a boom box, man. Yeah, make it happen, I got a cassette man. I can throw in there and. It's my mixtape from back in the day. Could you imagine yeah. if our high schools would have had like a break dance team? That's what I'm saying. That we could go to state, nationals, worlds, and then Olympics? Yeah. Like, sincerely. Yeah. A lot of break dancing that, that I did without any recognition. Just a few more brothers in college. You right? know what I'm like, I mean, come on, man. Seriously. Imagine, imagine uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. University of Colorado getting scholarships <laughs> for breaking. I'd have been popping and locking and shaking my way (laughs) right into uh, a scholarship. You know what we're talking about? I know, I know. We used to. It's funny that you say that because after school we would have the cardboard box and we just get around and just (laughs) watch everybody break down. And you know what? Breaking, you also got to scratch. Somebody got to have some turntables. Yes. Got to scratch. Man, I jacked up so many cool in the gang records (laughs) and, and Apache. I I tore. Hey, Dad, listen. If you listen, I apologize, man. man. It was me. That tore up your Grover, your Grover Washington uh, records, man, trying to scratch. Well, man. if you were scratching, then I'm on the <laughs> other end, and I probably spit on every kid in the neighborhood trying to be Dougie Fresh. Oh, yeah? Right? Trying to beatbox yeah, a little yeah. bit? <laughs> I thought I could beatbox my way through it. I, I think I spit on every kid in the playground. I'm sorry, folks. Oh, uh, man. Too funny. Did you remember that, right? Yes, I do. I do remember. It was really cool about it, you know, growing up and seeing it. You know, it was relegated to like, you know, black and Latino communities for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. Yeah. Now I turn on TV or you go on TikTok or YouTube and you see white kids breaking. You see, you know, Koreans, yeah. Chinese, Japanese, European. I mean, all over the world, it's a huge phenomenon, man. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to, to, to B Street. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Crush Groove, to Crush Groove and all those and, early, yeah, and, and breaking, and you know, putting people, putting people on uh, on game about what this breaking lifestyle and this b boy life is all about. That's what I'm man. saying. And you know, you can't. And, and I'm so into this; it's just crazy. We could go on for for days, but mm-hmm. you know, also Yo MTV Raps and oh, some of those man. early shows that kind of gave an audience uh, an idea. Fab uh, of Five, what all this Freddy, was about. yeah, who yeah. was in uh, uh, Crush Groove, Groove yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Fat Five Freddy. Just good stuff. The whole thing, man. So, Alejandro's looking at us like we lost our minds. Absolutely. Alejandro, what, so growing up, was there, was 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 hip-hop influenced or was hip-hop taking place in Chihuahua or even in your in your hometown? I would say no. Okay. No? Okay. It wasn't like huge, huge. I, for myself, I didn't get too into it until coming here to the United States. Okay. Okay. What about, yeah. what about now? Um, I listened to a few I'm things. Saying, back in back in Chihuahua, oh, back in your hometown. I'm sorry. Now I I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. Mm. Yeah, most of the people I do keep in contact with are uncles and aunts, where they're nowhere near. You know, listening to any of that stuff. Absolutely. All right, we got to get back to class. We oh, yeah. remind our listeners Bell. that you know what it, it it is a great day here on the show as we have Alejandra here. She's a member of our security staff in the building does a great job of building relationships with students mm-hmm. and has has graced us with her presence as a guest on the show so again we want to thank you for being here as we get this last part of the day started dre what are you thinking oh uh, man so so let's jump into it real quick so alejandra you know coming over to the states from mexico right mm-hmm. talked about your journey the transition you made um how you made the adjustment right and you graduate from overland high school Right. Correct. Yes. Congrats. So, so talk about life after high school graduation, right? So, so kind of you know your journey and then your journey here to Smokey High School as a security specialist. Mm-hmm. Talk about that transition from high school graduate to uh, where you are now. Well, when I first graduated, it was just really hard because you know being undocumented mm-hmm. as a student, I didn't get the privilege to go to college right away because it was so expensive. It wasn't even like an out of state fee it was international fee yeah and I mean you have to work right but how can I work if I couldn't really work so documentation yes so it was kind of you know like a hard time it was a very low point of my life in a way just because I 
was surrounding myself with so many people that were going to college and mm-hmm. were taking that step. And I almost felt like I was stuck. Understood. And, you know, it was kind of sad in a way, but my mom always told me, you know, anything could change, you know, just wait, be patient. So then DACA, which is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, mm-hmm. passed in 2012. Obama, okay. yeah. Yep. Right. Shout, yeah. Out, shout out to, to 44, you know yes. what I'm saying? So talk, so your, so your, your process through DACA, right? Can I talk about that? So DACA is um, enacted. Mm-hmm. And then talk about your steps about how you got through that piece. And so, DACA, you have to be graduated or in school, and you had to have been here in the United States before age of sixteen. Meaning, you know, like you were brought to the United States without a say, and you're kind of stuck now in a way. And you're not necessarily a bad person or anything. And you go through the immigration process when you every two years make sure you know your record is clean you're working you're trying to do something with your life you know so then i started taking classes here and there with community college of aurora Mm. yes okay Okay, so you know for those who who uh are listening we want you to really understand what alejandra's saying so daca was uh, enacted for those kids who basically came here with their parents, you're you're under 16 years of age, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. Uh, but as a DACA recipient, uh-huh. you must maintain a certain standard of living. Correct. And talk a little bit about what that is. I mean, you can't get into no problems, legal problems. You mm. want to stay working constantly. Um, you kind of have to prove that your life is going somewhere. You're not just steady in the same place or you're trying to do something to improve your life in a way. Because most people would imagine, oh, DACA, it's this free ride, right? Right. Right. And you're saying, look, you got to have a job. You got to pay taxes. You've got to do all the things that everyone else has to do in our in our in our country right yep mm-hmm. that's correct except there's even another layer on it you've got to be better than most of us in terms of staying out of trouble correct and and making sure you're doing positive things yes right? I mean, most of us can do nothing mm-hmm. some of us can do negative things but you not only have to be doing something you've got to be making sure that you're staying on the positive too. that's correct and mm-hmm. then i pay you know a fee to be here in the united states yeah. you pay a fee so correct. there's that okay yeah. and every year you're you're checking in mm-hmm. yeah. yes fingerprints all that stuff every two years wow so going into you're talking about going into the community college of aurora yes right talk about uh you know talk about college for you right so coming in you know, made a transition, right? Yes. As a student in America and now mm-hmm. going into the, the college system. Talk about that a little bit. How was that experience for you? Uh, it was a little hard just because I did take time off high school because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't afford to even pay for one class. So I worked with my mom, I cleaned houses and stuff, and I would just kind of help them pay bills and do things that we are supposed to do for our families. Yeah. So coming back to some of the classes I took at the community college was hard just because you lose practice of doing, you know, writing and doing assignments and turning stuff in. And I had a hard time at first and I'm still not even done. I'm not going to school right now, but DACA does allow me to pay in-state tuition, but I'm not allowed to get a loan or scholarships or financial aid so, I mean, I'm good to go to school, but I have to be working in order to pay for school. Yeah, so that's something that we don't think about yeah. most of the time. I mean, some of us don't think about that because we apply for FAFSA and, you know, mm-hmm. there are scholarships Loans, available. Yeah. Scholarships, and so, the, yeah, the government said, yeah, sure, you can go to college. You're going to pay for it out of pocket right now. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, so it's called the you're on your own loan. Yeah. Yes. But, but you know what? Look, opportunity comes in a whole lot of ways, right? And so yes. you know this isn't this isn't about uh anything other than than what the process is for DACA recipients, right? I mean you're gonna find a way. Yes, right? I'm gonna find it. It might take a little more or my transition will be different than other people, but as long as I just keep going, it'll be fine. Absolutely. And I think that's a great message for our students, right? I mean, there are multiple ways to get there. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Speaking of our students, again, you know, Alejandra serves our students every day consistently with her heart, right? 
And so Alejandra, talk about, you know, what made you fall in love with Smoky Hill High School? Uh, it's hard to explain. I feel like people usually don't understand even talking to friends from different schools because we all think our school, you know, is the best, but something about Smoky Hill is just so special and kids here really just care and are genuine about, you know, each other. And you don't even have to be looking at one kid to know that they're doing the right thing. It's mm -hmm. something real special. And they're all very accepting of each other and open, you know, to not, not only culture, but, you know, everyone's preference or experience. Mm -hmm. So what would you now tell 16-year-old Alejandra at... Overland High School? Um, I wish someone was more open with me. I, I know a lot of people knew I came from Mexico. They knew I wanted to go to college, but it was just one of those things that they knew, I knew, but I don't know if it was fear, but I didn't ask or I kind of just tried to figure things out on my own as they came. Mm -hmm. So if I could have someone that would talk to me more so about obstacles or immigration or being undocumented, even though they kind of knew, or maybe just not have so much fear or, you know, talking about my situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd love to, to just first thank you for being open and honest with us as, as we have this conversation. Sincerely. Absolutely. No, thank Absolutely. you for having me. It means a lot. So how does your, how do you use your life experience right mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis here with our students at Smokey? Um, I try to be as open as I can with them. I've had conversations with some, even some Hispanic students uh, that are born here, but you know, their parents are undocumented or even had a few students that I didn't really know and trusted me to talk about um, you know those type of issues but not just Hispanic or Latino but just being open and not being judgmental with what the kids are coming up and telling you you know absolutely well let's talk about some of the cool things going on around Smoky Hill High School and, and where you see yourself with them uh, are you are you helping out with any clubs sports teams any of that good stuff no, not right now. Would you like to? I want to, Talk yes. Talk about it. Tell us about I want, it. I want to be more involved and see myself in a different light. I used to do a lot of, like, little things even at Overland. I would, you know, chaperone events or do things where the students could have an opportunity to see me in a different light from security, you know? Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. You thought that was just throwing a curveball, right? Yeah. Like, this is your opportunity to yeah. let let the, you know, some administrators in the building know that, look, here you go. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm ready. I I'm ready not just to work with the Hispanic Latino community, but I want to be seen in a different light. I want to be a mentor for those kids, mm. you know? I want to you know, bond, I want to do things besides security and have them see me at a different light where I'm just, you know, a person just like them. And I like food, for example. <laughs> love it. Love yeah, it. Our kids love that too. And yeah. again, watching you do your job, I think kids get a real good sense of your humanity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're not just Thank a you. security person. You're, you're here because you care but you just so happen to work as a security specialist. Yes. You know what I mean? So I, I think you just do a phenomenal job in doing Thank that. You. But but you also, at one point too, in your high school career, were a swimmer. Also, yes, correct? that's correct. Swimmer. Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. Absolutely. Is it, Can't is it... hurt anybody. Unless <laughs> 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 you drown. Talk about your experience as a, as, a, as a student with swimming. Swimming. Um, it was a fun experience. It was an opportunity to really bond with people that did not look like me in a way, mm -hmm. you know, and it kind of made me break out of my shelf more, be less fearful in a way of talking with people or, or being uncomfortable 
to being open. Yeah. So it kind of more more than the sport, it helped me bond with other people that did not look like me, basically. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Looking back at your experience as a student in Cherry Creek Schools to now, what has changed in Cherry Creek Schools, but what has also stayed the same? I feel like there's more openness and acceptance of who you are or not looking exactly like someone else, mm-hmm. but maybe- relative, we, to, relative to race. Yes. Yeah. But I think what we still need to do or more so talk about, you know, undocumented students. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes there's this huge fear and maybe kind of create a safe place where they know, you know, they're not going to get deported if they come with their issues or, you know, just have something where they can even talk or we can have something where they can figure out what their next step will be after Smoky Hill. Absolutely. Okay, so if we can all agree that everything that's happening uh, on campus is awesome, right? All of our sports teams, our clubs, our activities, all that's awesome. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite sport or a favorite um, activity that you like to, to hang around and see them do their thing or an event? Yeah, maybe a, assemblies or dances or Man. what's awesome? I feel like I like all. I like working football games. I like and I'd rather be like around the student section. I like the environment, the energy and how they all come together to cheer on, you know, the Buffaloes. I love basketball games. Mm. I love the dances. I get in there and, you know, bust a move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll work, man. That's cool. Yeah. I enjoy doing all that. I don't think I have a preference. I try to, you know, even if it's just one thing, I try to show up for a swim meet or I've gone to tennis. I try to just show that I care. I want to see. I want them to know that I'm saying good job, not just because I heard it, but because I mean it and I support and go see them. Absolutely. That's the way to do it, right? Um, So so when you talk about how people might see you uh, when it comes to your job as a security specialist, I, I would bet that, that it just adds value to what you do and the conversations that you can have with kids about some of the things they're not doing right can be based on on them perceiving you as someone who cares about them as a student, right? Correct, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our kids feel it, I'm telling you. Yeah. They feel it from Alondra. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. So, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, don't forget again to, if you are listening to the podcast, obviously you know, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also Anchor FM. So tell a friend, bring some folks with you to listen to the podcast and also leave a review as well. If we need to get better at it or if we're dope, let us know. Let us know. We'll keep doing what we're doing. Absolutely. So Davis, we're going to get on out of here, man. We're going to get out. Alejandro, you got anything else you want to say to our listeners before we break out? No, I just hope, you know, it helps someone out. I'm thankful for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And yeah, with that, that is yet another episode of the Dre and Davis show. And we are out. out.